0: You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. Today, I'm in Johannesburg, South Africa, talking to coaching and change management professional and founder of Langaletu Career and Personal Development Coaching, Zandile Kambusha. Her business offers face-to-face and online coaching for career and personal growth. Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs. The web is chemistry. Hi Zandile, welcome to Big Shot Business Podcast. It's a real honor to have you today, and I really look forward to everything that we're going to be talking about and getting to see what your industry is about, how you got into it, and how it also assists other entrepreneurs. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Lingford, and um, greetings to your listenership. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So as is the tradition with Big Shot Business podcast, the first things first, we have to know who you are. So would you kindly introduce yourself so that we all know who you are?
1: Um, okay. So I am a South African because I know you're, your, your channel spans across Africa. So just to give context, I'm South African. I'm originally Kosa and I hail from the Eastern Cape. But even though um, Eastern Cape is still home for me, I, um, I've lived in like four different provinces in South Africa. I've lived in the Eastern Cape, in the Western Cape, in Gauteng and in KZN. Um, however, I spent a quite a good 18 years of my life living in in the Western Cape. And I still still can't believe how I survived that, but I did. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I come from a family of seven kids. I am a middle child. Um, I was brought up in a very loving and nurturing um, sort of family and home. My mother is a retired teacher and my late father was a sales um, representative. So having been raised by a mother who's a teacher, I'm sure you can imagine um, how much of a disciplinarian she was. Um, So I I grew up in quite a strict home, but I think when I reached the age of 21, my mother kind of loosened um, the disciplinarian in her and just allowed me to be free and do as I pleased. And so, yeah, I mean, I, excuse me, I currently run a coaching practice that offers coaching services both online and face-to-face. It's called Langaletu. And um, I also have a full-time job within a short-term insurance company in the space of change management. So, So that's me in a nutshell. And I'm married for six years now. No, no kids yet. We're still living the, <laughs> we're still living the dream, if I can
0: call it that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So we are
1: Ted. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. So you know a bit of Xhosa.
0: Yeah, Ted no, Kadam, yeah, Ted. I mean, the Yeah. Oh wow, that's good. That's good. to Yeah, that's
1: good to hear.
0: <laughs> If I can tell you something, um, I actually find Kosa to be the most lovely language I've ever spoken or heard, you know, so to speak. Um, I haven't heard too many, but Kosa has been so far the top.
1: That's interesting because people normally find it to be a difficult language because of the clicks and, and just how much oomph we use when we speak our language.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I think that's actually part of what I like about it. So you mentioned mm-hmm. that um, you run a, um, a coaching business and I think that's um, something that we're going to dive deep into. Uh, yeah. What got you into that uh, type of business? I mean, for most people, it would be, uh, it would be probably other sorts of businesses, but when it comes to coaching, that kind mm-hmm. of takes a different personality. What got you into it?
1: It does. It does indeed. Um, I can say it's definitely not for everyone. Um, so my, my academic background is in industrial and organizational psychology. So in my full-time job, what I do is really around the behavior of people in the workplace. But at some point in my life, um, to be exact about three years ago, I just started having this itch that I should be doing something um, with regards to the passion that I have of um, being a beacon of hope for people. Um, also just creating a safe space for people to come and explore and navigate their goals and challenges, etc. But I also noticed a, a pattern and a trend in my life that I, within my family and within the group of friends that I hang out with, I was always the go-to person when people had challenges or um, when they were trying to navigate their next the next um, developmental milestone, you know. They always came to me and they would openly share and I would give advice. And then I thought to myself, do I continue studying further than an honours degree in terms of my industrial psychology or do I try and marry that with coaching? Um, and just try and do something where I can be able to still assist people from a coaching and guidance perspective. And I think that's when the the dream and the passion was born. So Langaletu is is a passion that's um, three years in the making. And it's something I had pondered on for that long. I had journaled about it for that long as well. Um, and then I decided to go and do a sort of a postgraduate qualification in coaching so that I could have the practical tools and skills and just understand the ethics that govern and regulate the, the practice. So I think that's, that's how it came about. Um, also, my father, I think I do get this whole thing of being a beacon of hope for others and, and doing things that inspire either people to tap into their own truth. You know, um, My father was that kind of person. So I think that's where I get that element from. And then um, I also just saw a gap in the market in terms of career and personal development coaching, especially in the black community, you know. But I think what was even a bigger sort of need for me to tap into this market was seeing how when you get into the workplace and you've just completed um, a tertiary or you just completed tertiary and you're trying to start your own business how people were using other people's frame of reference as their own and trying to do what everyone else is doing and what's trending and going in the direction that everyone else is going. And I thought, I think there could be a niche for me to coach people in a way that anchors them to their truth, you know. Um, and, and so that's, that's exactly what I did. That's basically the foundation of, of Langaletu as a coaching practice and um yeah so we do online and and face-to-face coaching as i mentioned both to individuals and corporate in in the realm of personal and and career development and 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 just maybe just to to wrap that question up the name Langaletu to means in kosa and probably in zulu as well uh, sunshine or the sun and the reason i went for that name is because I wanted people to feel like, um, or to, to to believe that there's actually a place in the sun for everyone. So, the coaching practice um, objective is to create that safe space for everyone to be able to to explore and navigate their goals.
0: Oh, that's beautiful! That's really beautiful. Being a beacon of hope is all we can ever actually try to be, and hmm. I think it's um. It's sort of a burden and an honour at the same time. <laughs> true, true. People now expect you to have all the answers, but no one can really have all the answers.
1: Yes.
0: Over the period, I think from since we got into lockdown and all that, has the business boomed since you also do online um, coaching?
1: I would be lying if I said it has. Um, it hasn't boomed. In fact, it, it's been a downward spiral. And I think that's a, a reality for a lot of businesses. So as much as we do offer online coaching, I just think people were not necessarily, especially in the first part of lockdown, I think like level five to level three, they were just not in the right mind mind space to be thinking about my goals for the future when you don't even know what the future has in store for you. Um, and also just to get into a space where you're talking about your career or your business or your development. I think it was really a matter of survival mode. Um, and it pretty much still is for a lot of people because the the end is still not in sight in terms of us finding a solution and a way out um, of this pandemic. So it hasn't. It hasn't boomed. I, I have, however, thought, had um, sort of like a handful of clients who have said that, with lockdown happening and them sitting with their thoughts, they decided maybe this is the right time to start um, sort of going on this coaching journey and partnering with the coach to see um, how they can work through their goals for the new year. But it's, it's been a minority.
0: That's quite sad, but um, I'm sure there is hope in there because Mm. ultimately um, that's what we're all trying to, trying to do. At one point or another, we'll all realize that, it's not going to be here forever. It might be here now, but it's not going to be there forever. And it's a beautiful thing that you, you being in that industry, actually in the position of getting people to understand that, Hey, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a world after COVID. There is a, there's a world after Mm -hmm. the situation we're in right now. So let's say, let's say we were to get into a coaching session with a business. Let's say I would be the business and uh, I needed coaching. How would that session go? How would the process for it or How would it begin? Where do we start?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, one of the things I always want to clarify for everyone is the difference between coaching and mentoring. So we often use the two terms interchangeably, but the two are actually very um, different. Uh, Just in simple terms, what coaching is, is you coming to or approaching a coach and saying, I want someone who's going to help be the compass, the mirror, and um, an accountability partner, right? Nice. This, is not someone, this is not someone that's going to give you answers to your questions or challenges or your goals. This is also not someone that's going to provide you with advice. So if you say to me, I have a problem, and then I can, I, I, the, pr- the practice um, through ethics, we cannot give advice. So I cannot say to you, okay, I think you should consider doing this, that, and the other it's more around tapping into the, into the coachee's resourcefulness, um, helping them um, with self-awareness and just highlighting some of the self-limiting beliefs or a frame of reference that's limiting them to achieving whatever it is that they need to do. Whereas with mentoring, it's more a, a relationship where if, for example, I am in change management in my full-time job, It's more me going to someone who's been in change management for many years um, who has traits and things about them that I would like to emulate. And I approach them and say, how did you do it? Please share your journey, the things that worked for you. So it's done from the perspective of the mentors' um, lessons and their journey, not so much the person who you are trying to coach or guide, you know. I don't know if if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does, it does.
1: So, mm-hmm. so as a start, that's, that's the clarity I wanted to provide. Um, so in, in a coaching relationship and, and coaching in practice, it's normally the coach, the coachee that approaches the coach and says, look, I have this problem and I would like you to coach me, or I'm currently on a path of getting to this goal and I just need a coach, right? And that's how it would start. There are instances where you will find that, um, as an example in corporate, sometimes coaches are called on board, um, not necessarily by the people, the person you're going to coach, like a manager or someone who's trying to develop a, a mm-hmm. junior person can can start that conversation and say, "Can I, like let's contract with a coach to coach you, etc." As part of uh, development, you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, so once the person has approached you, the coaching in practice is that it always starts with um, me explaining and formally contracting with the person in terms of expectations. So what is it that they expect of me as a coach? What do I expect of them as the person that I'm coaching? And then we dive into why are we here? So what, what is the goal, you know? And it's always advised to work through one goal at a time you do find um, instances where someone comes in and they've got a whole thought shower of things they're trying to achieve. And it's, it's also my responsibility as a coach to funnel that down into one goal um, that we can try and work towards. Um, so that's, that's where we start. So as a coach, I would find out from the person what is it that you want to achieve, why is it important for you to achieve this, and um, how will you know when you've achieved it, and what, what – what role do you see me playing? I think it's very important to clarify those expectations up front because sometimes um, people come to us as coaches expecting that I will give them all of the answers to their questions or challenges, which is not the case because I, I am no subject matter expert of every and anything under the sun. Um, so I think once we've clarified the goal and also understood what success will look like, so how will I know as the person who's come to you for coaching, that I've I've progressed and I'm successful at this, it's important for us to clarify that so that along the way we can celebrate the small wins and I can help them acknowledge that you are making progress, you know. So once, once that's out of the way, we then go into, so in terms of this goal, what is the reality? So let's say for an example, as a business, you are facing certain challenges or during this lockdown, you have to pivot your service offering um, post the pandemic and you come to me and you say, I don't know where to start. You know, I'm, I'm challenged in this regard, or I have this idea, but I don't know how feasible it is. Um, So when it comes to the reality part of the conversation, it would be me as a coach checking with you. um, What does it look like now? How confident are you? What resources, resources do you have um, available to you to make this happen? Um, what are the options that you've considered and from the options we normally take. So in the options conversation, um, as a coach, I would normally allow the person to go as big and as broad um, as possible. So it's a, a, a big part of it is, is allowing people to, to explore and navigate in a safe space where they don't feel like every answer or every option has to be something that's realistic, right? Um, it just allows them to think out of the box. And then, yeah, so we would then go through the options, um, any opportunities, and also obstacles. So sometimes people go on this journey for months of trying to reach a goal, and then after putting in effort and time, um, months later, you're like, oh, I just ran into this obstacle, and now I'm stuck. So in coaching, we discuss the obstacles up front. We discuss the possible obstacles up front of if you run into this kind of obstacle, how are you going to navigate it so that you can continue on this on this path and this journey? And then um, once we get to that, we then agree short-term um, sort of action items. So, what are you prepared to do? So we've discussed the goal, we've looked at your reality, we've checked what options and opportunities are available to you, we've looked at um, what obstacles could present themselves to you, and if they do, how are you going to navigate them? And then to get to the to the goal, what are you um, able to do within the next two weeks or within the next month um, that's going to get you to your goal? And then they go and they and they put that to practice, and they come back into the coaching session, and we discuss the lessons, anything new that came up for them. Did it work? Did it not work? Are they feeling more confident, and all of that kind of thing um, stuff? I think another thing is. A big part of coaching is that most times when I coach people, I would say at least five out of 10 times when I coach people, they come into a coaching session and they present their, their goal or their challenge as, as one thing, right? But when we start having the coaching conversation, I find out that they are underlying other um, underlying symptoms that are causing what is, presenting to, 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 is presented to them as the challenge. So um, like an example could be that someone can come to me and say, I want to be more confident in the boardroom, you know, as an example, just as a simple example, I feel like I'm very anxious when I get into the boardroom and I just want to present myself in a more confident way. And then when we start um, having the conversations and going down um, sort of maybe past or, or, or the history, you find out that. This comes from an upbringing where they were raised and socialized to be perfectionists. Or it comes from um, just the innate inferiority that you maybe have as a black female in an environment where you are uh, liaising with mostly white males, as an example. And then when you dig deeper, you find out that the person first experienced that exclusion when they were in a school where they were the only black people, you know. So you kind of have to look at all of those. And those things come up in the coaching process as well. Because once you find the root cause of the problem, then you can address that. And then, um, I mean, it's, it's more um, equipping them with something that will help them going forward, even beyond the experience of the boardroom. So I think having said that as well, Lingford, coaching is slightly different to counselling or going to see a psychologist. Um, it's, it's, it's very much future-focused future and actions-based. So as much as we do, do look at the history and um, a bit of background, it's, it's purely to understand the coachee holistically. We don't go down memory lane years and years and years back and then start dwelling on that. It's more to understand the coachee and then to move forward and get to action items.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, seems like it's quite an intense uh, um, session. Um, how long do these sessions usually take? Or how long does a coaching period take? How long is that?
1: Um, so the session itself typically takes anything between 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes at most. I think anything longer than that is too long for um, a coaching session in one sitting. You know, no. I normally um, recommend a minimum of eight coaching sessions when we start um, just to allow the process and for the back and forth and to allow the person to implement some of the things we agree on in the sessions and come back and we discuss, etc. cetera. Um, I think, yeah, so so that's the duration, and then the timeline would be a minimum of eight coaching sessions, uh, spaced out by two to three weeks at a time.
0: All right, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Any, um, you mentioned that you know during the process you also have to mark out what what will sort of tell the person that they have reached the goal that they were they were trying to reach, right? Mm. Um. Let's for for most for most people in business, you actually don't know what that is, mm. right? In um, in that y- you may know what what it looks like or what what it could be, but you don't yeah. particularly have like an exact idea of what that is. Do you also assist businesses to then find out what their KPIs would be?
1: Yes, I mean it can take different forms. You know, um, I think another good thing about coaching and the service that we offer at Langaletu is that we use practical tools. So um, one of the tools that has I've seen coaches get good results from and that's quite effective is something called storyboarding. Um, it's, it's similar to uh, vision boarding, but it's in the context of coaching where we, we get the person that we are coaching to get into a storyboarding mode where it's basically a blank canvas. And on this blank canvas, you can put up images and visuals of what the current state looks like. And then at the end of that canvas, you can put up images and visuals of where you want to get to. And then the space in between becomes that storyboarding process where the person can then say... Um, what will it take for me to get from where I am to where I want to to be and therefore they put in action plans and to-do lists and who they will need to support them or to get on board with them to get them to the to the end goal another thing we do is um, called force field analysis so force field analysis is really just looking at what are the factors that are, are pulling you away from reaching this goal and what are the factors that are are helping you to enhance and to um, sort of fast track you to getting to what you need to do, and it's it's not something that you do in one session, so it's a process. I've seen how how powerful, and there are other tools. I'm just I'm just sharing two examples. Yeah, I've seen I've seen how powerful these tools can be because when you are going through something or you are challenged with something or you are sitting with this goal that you're trying to navigate it's not always easy for you to tap into your resourcefulness. So these, cause you're so consumed by this whole thing. So, yeah. 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 (laughs) So these, these tools really help, um, to, to get you to be practical to step out of outside of yourself and to, to look at things from a different perspective. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And, um, who is this for, really? Like, is there is there a particular avatar that we can say coaching is for these kind of people, or do you have a, a specific avatar of who your client would be, so to speak?
1: I, I actually don't. I don't. It's it's really coaching is really for any is important and effective for anyone who's looking for um, someone who will partner with them. Um, someone who will help them identify any limiting frame of reference or self-limiting beliefs, excuse me, someone who will also be an equal thinking partner uh, that will help them to unlock their own resourcefulness. So yeah, it, 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 it's really for anyone um, Linkford and there are different coaches out there. There are coaches who coach in, in, in health, who coach executives and, and leadership um, I personally do a development from a career, business, or personal um, perspective. Um, so it really is for, for anyone. But what is very important is um, to find a coach that you have good rapport and um, sort of chemistry with, and chemistry like in the business <laughs> in the business sense. <laughs> I'm not I'm right. not speaking romantically. <laughs> um, so right. it's quite. It's quite key to find a coach that you have that that rapport and chemistry with because um, you need it has to be someone you're comfortable with and All someone right. that you believe is going to treat the relationship in a confidential manner.
0: Okay. How does yeah. one find such a person?
1: I think you have to make the call, you know, you you have to contact the different coaches out there or if you find a coach and you and you think maybe this could be the one have a conversation with them. Um, I mean, coaches don't charge you for an introduction call, have a conversation and see how you feel about it. um, And if you're comfortable and you could even ask, I mean, it's not impossible or, or yeah, you can, you can ask the coach and say, can we have one session um, just to test the, that rapport and that connection. And then from there on, you can agree on a more long-term relationship. Have you heard about Big Shot Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shot Business Network: Connect, Share, Grow.
0: All right. So you're telling us that when when somebody has to choose a a coach, they have to find somebody that they've established good rapport with and somebody they have chemistry with. Mm. And you're very specific about the type of chemistry. That was a good thing.
1: Yeah. Definitely <laughs> not the other chemistry. <laughs>
0: of course, of course. Yeah. So um, I was wondering, so there are billions of people out there and it's, you say coaching is for everyone. Mm. Is there, is there, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't just want anybody pitching up and saying, I want coaching They is there a way you qualify them or is there a way for somebody to sort of self-assess if they qualify to, to, to get a coach?
1: Yes. So um, that's actually quite a a good and important question. Um, I think it it has to start with them understanding exactly what coaching is and what it offers. Right. I, I have had an experience um, of someone coming to me saying they, would like to be coached, but what they actually needed was um, therapy, you know. Excuse me. They needed therapy because they were looking for a a psychological diagnosis um, and therefore treatment. um. It's important that before someone approaches a coach and says, I need coaching, that um, they are clear on what coaching is and what it offers. I was saying that I have had an instance where someone came to me and said they wanted to be coached, but what they the intervention they actually needed was more therapy um, and to be treated, and they had they had gone through trauma, you know. Um, so, right. from their perspective, they didn't quite understand what coaching was about. So I'm not I'm not a qualified psychologist, as much as I have a psychological. Um, psychology academic background so mm-hmm. I, it's it's a big part of what we do as well and um, as coaches we are regulated by the international coaching federation and locally in south africa we're regulated by Comensa. so it's very clear in our ethical code that i cannot um, give therapy to someone and i cannot counsel them because i'm not a qualified therapist or a counselor So I had to then send them to the appropriate professional to assist them. So then the person must definitely understand what coaching is um, and what it offers. And if they don't, they can ask the coach at the beginning of the session to say, this is what I want to achieve at the end of the day. Um, Are you the right person to assist in this regard? All right. Mm Yes. And if you're looking for something, a coaching in something specific, there are coaches. I mean, a good place to look is also LinkedIn, but also if you Google, there are resources there um, for someone close to where you stay, or if it's online, then it can pretty much be any coach. But um, a lot of coaches who specialize in specific kind of coaching and are uh, confident in that stream will, will state themselves as such. So I, I always say I'm a career and personal development coach. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. All right. No, that's good. That's good. And if, if let's say, I think I'll, I'll try and put this one in a personal sense, giving Mm. an example of myself, let's say somebody has their personal life is generally their business life. That's pretty much the personal life that one would have, right? And in that in that sense, when when somebody comes for coaching, would they be would you be giving them career coaching or it would then become a bracket that includes both career coaching and personal coaching?
1: It can, it can definitely be both um, because I, I personally know myself, I'm not completely two different people at home versus who I am at work. I think they're two bleeding to each other. Um, however, I think what will determine what kind of coaching and what you focus on will be the goal. Is right. it that the person is coming to you with a goal that is more in their personal space or is it more in the career space? Um, I mean, even having said that, sometimes during the coaching process, you find out that the actual thing that they need to be coached on is showing itself in their personal lives, but the root cause of it is in their career lives.
0: Right, I see. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the goal ultimately determines how the coaching session goes.
1: Yes, okay. yes.
0: All right. Well, I think that's understandable. Now, generally, I think uh, for 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 most industries anybody that wants to be successful in anything at one point has to get a coach is that Mm. is that a right approach
1: i i think it's definitely the right um thing that somewhere along your career path or your personal development path that you do get a coach um that you do invest in a coach at least once along the journey you know because Mm. also a big part of what we do as coaches is we get people to a place where they can um, independently navigate um, certain challenges along the way as they as they live their lives. You know, so right. we we're not the kind of profession that creates this dependency where you constantly have to consult a coach about every milestone in your life. Right. <laughs> it gives you the skills and the awareness to be able to navigate a lot of things going forward on your own. You know, so I would right. definitely yeah. encourage people to invest in a coach at least once in their lifetime. I think it's key.
0: All right. Um, no, that's, that's good. Earlier on, you mentioned, you mentioned that you also, assist, um, you also assist your clients overcoming the obstacles. And you actually talk about the obstacles in the beginning. If we mm. were maybe to, to list out just for somebody to, to have a general idea, what kind of obstacles have you seen so far and what mm. are the solutions
1: Okay, so um, one example that's top of mind is uh, someone that I I coached and their obstacle was around showing up in in a confident way, right, In, in the boardroom. And one of the obstacles was that she feels as though the people in the room are far more experienced than her. They know exactly what they're talking about at any given point so, there was an, uh, a self imposed um, sort of incompetency by virtue of being female, of being black, and being less experienced. However, this person is an, is an actuary by profession. I mean, that's one hell of a smart person, you know? Yep. And for them to be in the executive office is not something that's given, it's not an opportunity that's given to everyone. So, how we worked through that was to say, look, you are in this position and you cannot avoid these meetings and say, I won't go, I'll shy away and and be in the background. So how do I then help and and guide you and be a supportive accountability partner in you showing up differently in that room? And we started speaking to things like get to the meeting earlier, um, dress in a way that makes you feel confident, but also don't... um, sit at the table and sit confidently so get there earlier so that you can sit down and get yourself settled so that by the time that all these people that intimidate you walk into the room you are already in the room and you settled you don't feel like you're late you don't know where to sit then you end up pulling a chair and sitting behind everyone else because that in itself is the body language that tells people that you don't want to be part of the conversation and therefore they'll exclude you from the conversation yeah. But if you show up in a way that's confident um, and you sit at the table and you have eye contact with the people in the room, then um, they will include you and you will have the confidence to speak up. Yeah. So that's 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 just one example of it. Um, what else could we use as an example of an obstacle that people could um, potentially come across? Um, i think in the in the business perspective, the admin side of running a business can sometimes be a challenge um for people, especially if you are a one man show and you're trying to do everything and um whether it's because of constraints or you just prefer to be a jack of all trade all trades within your business um somewhere along the line, you drop the ball on some things. And um, the most cases I've heard is on the admin support side of things, you know, right, and yeah. as, as, as small a thing or as mundane a thing as admin might seem, if your admin is poor within your business, then it's just going to disadvantage everything else. It, it, it negatively right, yeah. impacts everything else within your business. So if that's a challenge for you, then it's all about looking at whether, Going forward, if I want to achieve this goal, I cannot continue um, dropping the ball when it comes to my admin support. So am I going to set out specific time on specific days and diarize it and do the admin in that time? Or am I actually going to outsource this and get someone else to do it and, and support the business from an administrative perspective? So it's looking at all those things and coming up with practical ways on how are you going to navigate it when you get to that point. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for failure if you're going to continue doing things the way you've been doing them.
0: And would you say that's that's the the, the, the most effective way of doing it, having to look at the problems prior to getting to them than having to cross the bridge when you reach it, so to speak?
1: I think so. I think in a coaching process, definitely. I think in our everyday lives, no. We try and avoid it and we say we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But a lot about the coaching process is actually being realistic about things um, so that you don't set yourself, you don't have high expectations and then you under deliver and then it discourages you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's good to consider them upfront and tackle them head on so that when they do show their ugly face, um, you already have a plan of action and you can move past that. Because right. it, it becomes mm. a hurdle for a lot of people when they get to obstacles, then they, they stagnant and they stay in that place for too long. Mm.
0: All right. So in your, in, your, in your experience, would you say uh, the obstacles that most people face either in business or personally in their career, were they mostly psychological or were they actual obstacles um, things that were in the actual world, not just yes. in someone's mind?
1: I think I'd give it a 50-50. You know? I, uh-huh. I, cannot, I cannot say that a lot of the, 100% of them or even 80% of them were self-imposed or like self-limiting stuff that you, you make up in your own mind. Uh-huh. Um, some of them are real issues. Um, an example is the issue around being a minority in corporate is a really challenging thing, and that's the reality of corporate. That's mm-hmm. the reality of the financial services industry, as an example. And you cannot change that. So it's about how do you uh, get coping skills and, and ways to navigate that because there's nothing you can do about it.
0: Right.
1: So I, I think mm-hmm. half of 50% of the time, it's, it's actually valid challenges and hurdles. And then the other 50% is things that come from our frame of reference, how we've been brought up, our backgrounds, et cetera.
0: Um, And I I don't know how I would really put this. Um, Is there like a sort of a theme that continuously repeat maybe with clients that you have seen so far uh, that has become sort of a self-limiting belief that you could maybe tell somebody right now and they could identify and say, oh, I think I have that and they could Mm -hmm. start working on it? Is there like one theme or one idea that most people have, which is actually a self-limiting belief that you could maybe tell us about?
1: Yes. So I think um, a lot of my clients are females and a lot of them are black females. So I think one of them in the personal um, aspect of their lives is the whole thing of there has to be this trajectory of your life where you go to school, you finish school, you get a job. Uh, You find a partner, you marry them, you start a family, you buy a house, etc. you know. Um, And so when their lives don't follow that pattern, it becomes frustrating and they feel like they're not progressing and developing as they should because we've been socialized and conditioned, whether by our parents or the communities that we grew up in, to believe that that's the pattern and it's a standard pattern for everyone and it's a benchmark for everyone, you know. So, so that's quite a common thing that comes up for people. Um, or if, if they find themselves having had a child before marriage, it's something that they believe was a, a downfall of some sort. You know, As much as they mm. love the kid, as an example, it's still something they, they are challenged with um, because it didn't follow that typical traditional pattern.
0: How does one overcome that?
1: Um, it's, I think firstly, it's about letting go of those, of those unrealistic standards. Um, because there is no one paintbrush approach for everyone's lives. We all have different um, paths. We come across different challenges and some of us are blessed with different things at different um, phases in our lives. I don't believe there's a one, one size fits all. So it's, I think it's about letting go of those, those, um, patterns that you were taught when you were growing up or raised to believe that this is the one way and the one way only. And just looking at the, the modern society, you know, the, it, it proves to you that this is not realistic. Um, people are living different lives. Some are married, some prefer to live their lives single all the way through to the end. Some people are traveling the world, some are focusing on their careers, some are starting families, etc. It's different for everyone.
0: Right. Okay. Now that's that's great. Any any word for entrepreneurs or anybody that would actually be thinking? Do they need a coach, or they're planning to get in to get a coach? Any any word for them, or anything you would say?
1: Um, I think I think the the angle I'd like to take instead, if if that's okay with you, Lingford, is just uh, like point. it's it's just um, words of encouragement and um just generically speaking to the entrepreneurs of the african continent you know so i think as i mentioned earlier definitely there's i believe there's there's value add when it comes to coaching and um Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that they should explore and and look into investing in themselves but i think bigger than that as as an african continent and as the entrepreneurs of the continent I would like to encourage everyone to hone in um, their confidence in in our resourcefulness as Africa. Another big thing that bothers me, and I think it bothers you too from listening to your previous podcasts, is that we need to get to a a place where we tell our own stories, where where we are the people and the voices behind our own narrative as Africa, as the entrepreneurs and the business side of Africa. It's definitely also important that we start being more intentional about uh, creating ecosystems amongst ourselves as Africans and as Africans. Um, I mean, social media uh, is this platform that allows you to see beyond the borders of South Africa as a South African, to see what other people are doing in other parts of Africa. So I think we need to be intentional about looking into that um, sort of channel and the information that is available to us to see how can we collaborate and co-create and create our own ecosystems as Africa. I believe we have the skills. It's not about Africa is, is now ready. We've always have had the skills. We've always had the creativity. And we just need to tap into that um, amongst ourselves. Um, it, it's good for the economy and it's good for our own confidence as well.
0: Right. Mm. No, that's beautiful. That's very profound. That's very profound. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, it's, it, it's really the uh, uh, great timing actually right now. I always believe that we're the generation that is to put these changes out there and mm. actually start implementing some of them because we've carried the burden for so long, having our stories being told by people that had their own agendas, mm. having um, uh, the African narrative being told in a different perspective, making the entire world think Africa is still a jungle, of which we are not. Mm. Yeah. So that's, it's very important. Thank you for that. Thank you for emphasizing those points. So where do people find you? If somebody says, okay, I think um, I would like some of the services that you provide, uh, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so um, my email address is currently langaletu.coaching at gmail.com. We are going to revive and uh, relaunch our website at the beginning of next year, but we'll mm. communicate when the details are out and maybe my contact details have changed. Uh, we also have a business page on Instagram. It's um, You can find us at langaletu underscore coaching, where we share a lot of um, this, the activities we're busy with um, and just some of the partnerships we have with other local entrepreneurs um, and people in the same Sort of thought leadership um, sphere, and then um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn and you want to check me out, you can find me on Zandile Kamboche um, on LinkedIn. All right. So so that's mm-hmm. how people can get in touch, and and I'm always open for dialogue. Even if um, you have questions, please feel free to to email me or you're looking for a specific coach, I have a network of coaches. So if I can't assist, or you're looking for something outside of my speciality, I will refer you to the correct person.
0: All right. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. We'll put all that information in the podcast notes as well, so that those that want to get in touch can get in touch. Suddenly, it's been a very, very insightful and thrilling um, uh, session with you. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate that you came through and telling us all the value and the importance of having a coach and the importance of the actual industry that you are in. That's a, that has been really beautiful. Thank you so much for coming through.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Linkford. Thanks for hosting me and um, just um, even starting this channel. You know, um, it's a good it's a good forum, and I'm looking forward to the other conversations. That you're going to have going forward and um, best of wishes um, thank you so much
0: we hope you enjoyed this week's episode remember to subscribe review and share this podcast be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at big shot business network for this week's show notes visit likeabigshot.com podcast until next week this has been the big shot business podcast